And we are live, ladies and gentlemen, fellas, fellas, fellas. It's a Sunday, and since the games start at 1 p.m. East Coast time, I didn't want to edit the video. No, I didn't want to hit record for a half hour and then edit for 20 and then upload for a half hour. And it's like 10 or 11 o'clock a.m. and there's only two or three shelf life hours out of this thing. No, we're going live so we get the whole damn thing. It's 7.30, not even, 7.25 a.m. East Coast time right now. I'm seeing people hop into the stream slowly but surely. I appreciate all of you a ton. And we're going to just do this bad boy live. We're going to do it live, damn it. We're going to get that video out there. And I appreciate you all. NFL video just dropped. If you're drafting today, this weekend, be sure to check that out. Be sure to go get the Supreme Draft Guide, all that stuff. What's going on? It's a Gilmore Life hopping in. We're going to do what we normally do here. Now, I'm going to do it a little bit quicker. So if you're listening, maybe I upload this onto the podcast or you're watching on the replay. Again, if you're watching this anytime after like 8.15 or 8.30, it's probably the replay. Um, if it doesn't say live in the corner of the screen, people always comment like, hey, Sal, what's up? Or like, hey, answer this question. Aren't you live? No, no, no. It's literally like five days later. You're like a year too late on that one. But we're here right now, injury and status dashboard, there's a lot of injury news, I don't know if Dallas is just going to throw the game today, or if they actually care, right, I mean, obviously it's the playoffs, I don't think they're going to throw the game, but they listed all their players as questionable after they've had like five days off or something crazy, uh, obviously Porzingis, I haven't ruled out, there's no update since very doubtful, I think there was just news that he's going to miss the playoffs, but they never officially said out, uh, but he has a torn meniscus, so yeah, he's not playing out there, so Luke is going to be out, but then the rest of the team pretty much that you would expect to play 30 plus minutes outside of like... I'm pretty I'm pretty sure the rest of the team outside of like Maxi Kleber, maybe Seth Curry, is, is questionable today. Tim Hardaway Jr., Luca, Dorian Finney Smith, Trey Burke, they're all questionable. So we we need this news. We need to wait on this news. I believe the first game, unfortunately, for DFS players, um, is I'm gonna bank on them all playing. I have them all ruled in and playing. It's the playoffs, right? Um, and they've had five days off. So I don't really know if this is just the, the formality of just saying they're questionable, even though they're really gonna go. I don't know what they're going I don't know what they're doing here, right? Down 3-2 at Alporzingis. I think they know they're going to lose, um, but they did it one time. I don't know if they'll do it again, though. Pat Beverly went from doubtful to questionable now is the other piece of news in that game. But the Boston and Toronto game is the first game on the slate. There's no real injury news there right now. Gordon Hayward is still out, right? He would probably miss the series anyways because I'm pretty sure he's about to have a kid or his wife is about to have a kid. Uh, but Kyle Lowry was questionable. He's now probably with an ankle. So everything looks good to go in Toronto for their team. Everything looks good to go in Boston outside of still not having Gordon Hayward. That's the first game on the slate, at least I believe so. I see people hopping in. What's going on, Joseph? He says, the first leg, cool. Let's get it, Sal. Let's get it. Let's get it. Yeah, everybody hopping in. Uh, be sure to uh, hop in. Say what's up in the chat. We're going to do a Q&A. I'll answer the Q&A after I kind of get over the normal stuff that we normally do. I'll answer any questions I can if I'm on that topic. And then I'll stick around for a couple of extra minutes afterwards. Um, and I'll, I'll do a couple of Q&As. I like doing the Q&As the most. I like the live streams the most. Um, but this injury and status dashboard, as always, if you're watching the replay or live, like button for me real quick. Got to get these plugs in. Big subscribe button. We are so close to 25,000 subscribers. And we are about, what? 10 days now away from the NFL season, 11 days. Football came back last night. I don't know if anybody watched the game. I didn't watch it. It started at 9. I was already doing my own thing, and then I went to bed by 10. Uh, but hopefully, you watched it. Hopefully, you had some fun. But hey, I want to get to 25,000 subscribers by the time that football starts. We can get there. We're like 250 away. So please do like, subscribe if you're not already. Injury and Status Dashboard brought to you by Superdraft. They allow, they are one of the sponsors, one of the loyal sponsors since this new year, especially since the pandemic has opened, that allow this channel to continue to thrive and grow and me put in this work and actually have a reason to do so financially, making it logistically possible. Superdraft, 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000 with a slow drip on it, so it starts to cancel out the rake for you. 
promo code sal sel and as always we give sort of the the play of the day on super draft let me see my overall projections i do have them on patreon donovan mitchell is my top super draft play it's pretty much a neck and neck tie but donovan mitchell still is a 1.45 x multiplier that multiplier pretty much does not change this entire series and obviously donovan mitchell has been playing out of his mind but he's just getting more usage he's playing more minutes mike conley's back now so it drops it down a little bit but there's still no bowie on there so yeah donovan mitchell is somebody that i would probably start a lineup with over on super draft where Somebody reached out to me, I believe it was yesterday, just saying, you're right, these contests literally don't fill. Yeah, they still don't fill. And I expect that to continue to happen up until the NFL season. So go ahead, sign up there. It's just a multiplier format. So the 1.5, 1.45x multiplier means that he gets one times his points, like normal, but then that four or five means he gets 45% extra his points. So you're just trying to find value. That's where the best value is for me right now in Superdraft, or at least one of the two best values on the day, Donovan Mitchell. Outside of the Dallas injuries, which right now I'm going to assume they're all playing. I'm projecting everybody in except for Porzingis. I'm going to just assume that they are all going to be playing. Gary Harris is questionable with a hit. He's been questionable, has not played. I, I don't know if he's practiced these last couple of days. I didn't see any reports on it. Uh, so keep an eye on that for the Denver and Utah game, which is going to finish up the slate. That's going to impact Torrey Craig, Monty Morris, PJ Dozier, those types of guys. But other than that, it's just waiting on all the news for the Dallas and Clippers game. I see some more people hopping in. I'm just trying to see what time that that game starts. I know that Toronto and Boston is the one o'clock game. The Dallas and Clippers, I believe, are the 3.30 game and then the night game at 8.30. So hopefully we have that news before the one, th- one o'clock game starts, but I'm just going to assume that everybody's in. And if players start to get ruled out, if Lucas starts to get ruled out, Trey Burke, any of these guys, it's going to start getting really wonky. You're going to have to start to get... Um, Guys like Justin Jackson are going to have to get a bigger run, right? Michael Gilchrist, bigger run. J.J. Barea, bigger run. Uh, but those are the types of players that we can worry about once we have that news. Target offense sheet, not a lot of games, obviously. Just three games today, and then we'll get into the early interest and then any type of questions that you have. Once I finish this 30 in DraftKings, I'm going to delete the app. <laughs> so Travel Bros is not, uh, he is tilting on the fact that he's losing money. Yeah, man, I mean, if, if you're putting your money, if, and here's just a quick sidebar. If you're, if you're putting, say you have $30 in, right? And you're putting that into the big contest that is a hundred thousand dollars to first every night you're going to lose that money you are i mean just look at the simple math 20 percent of people just minimum cash every single night and that's assuming that everybody's on the equal playing field has the equal amount of lineups and has equal amount of skills and that's not true there's professionals playing 150 lineups in there um if you're playing ten dollar double ups and you have thirty dollars and you lose three nights in a row that's normal right people go on streaks people will lose in dfs tournaments for six to seventh month straight before they win a hundred thousand dollars and now they're up on the year and now their year is set right so it, you have to you have to understand the contest you're playing and you have to understand bankroll allocation. There is nothing there is nothing more important if you're playing DFS, if you're if you're living your life, budgeting all that stuff, then bankroll. That's literally it. How much can you budget? It all comes down to budgeting. Are you budgeting smart? Are you budgeting proper? Are you putting too much of yourself on the line? If your bankroll hits zero dollars and your budgeting hits zero dollars and it, it hits zero dollars, like I don't keep all of my bankroll in DraftKings. I, I mean, I don't assume as a public company now that they're going to go under, but you know, it's just safer to keep it in PayPal. It's, it's a proxy in between the two. You want to put something into Super Draft. You want to put something into Fantasy Draft, whatever it is. It's easier to do that. It's easier to have it accessible easily to you. And it's just safer in my opinion, at least I think so. Uh, it's probably just uh, more anxiety that you don't need to have. But yeah, it's all about bankroll at that point. If you're playing all of your money and it hits zero, your balance, and you have to continuously hit deposit, you're going to continue to lose. That, that's just the, 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 tr- the truth of it. Uh, if you're not allocating correctly, unless you get extremely lucky and bank a first place prize. Um, and even then, you're probably then going to give a ton of it away because you just bankroll allocation. Somebody says go single entry. All right, so just overall right now, this Dallas in Clippers game is a the biggest spread, so biggest risk of blowout, right? No Porzingis, a bunch of questionable tags, but it is by far the best overall game environment. 238 overall team total. Clippers have a 124 um, team total. Their entire team looks really good. Players on the bench are even going to look good there. 
Dallas with a 114. So the two highest team totals are in that specific game. Obviously targeted. Uh, I don't think it blows out if Luke and all these guys play. Uh, obviously it can still. And, and you saw it in the last game happening. Guys didn't get their full run, but guys were still getting there. Uh, or at least I'm not going to project it to blow out, I should say. The other games projected to be close. Toronto and Boston is starting game one. I expect every single starter to play huge minutes in that series. This is going to be a fun series with not a lot of depth in the rotations. Maybe you get like Grant Williams for five or six minutes or semi Ojale for five or six minutes. But outside of that, Boston is pretty much going to run eight guys. And Toronto's been running eight guys. Uh, so these two teams are going to play huge minutes, especially now that it's the next round. All the starters are going to push towards 40 minutes, which is crazy. Like Toronto all season long was playing their starters almost like 38 to 40 minutes a game, right? Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam. The centers, we'll see what they do here with Marcus Gasol uh, not getting a ton of run in the first series and Serge Ibaka playing very well. Do they split the minutes 24 apiece? Is it a 28-20 split? That's the only spot you might not see the big run, uh, but I, I even think that can get up there into the 30s, depending on who's playing well. And then Boston is going to get the exact same thing outside of the centers. You're going to have Tatum playing close to 40, Smart playing close to 40. If Kemba is more healthy now, they'll push him above his like what seems to be like a 35, 36 minutes limit, but he was playing those, maxing those out, Jalen Brown 40. So all those guys are priced almost appropriately now, but there's major ceilings for those guys now that they're going to be playing bigger minutes that 38 is now their median minute projection and like 42 is their re- realistic projection. Um, so yeah, I mean, just high minutes, high minutes. Now that these rounds are going to the second rounds of the playoffs, uh, high minutes. Now that teams are on the brink of elimination, like the Clippers, as long as they play or Dallas, as long as they play. So that spots that I'm hitting up. So early interest right now, I see people hopping in right now. Um, <clears throat> what do we got? What do we got? Okay. I'll try single entry. Then I was getting, I was getting a hundred K FOMO. Yeah. The hundred K FOMO. Like if you're, if you're chasing a prize pool, just think about it this way. The only reason DraftKings has a millionaire maker is because of marketing, because a bunch of people are going to jump in there thinking that they can become a millionaire. And the truth is you can become a millionaire. But if you go down to the local uh, gas station and buy a lottery ticket, you can also become a, a millionaire, right? So it's all marketing. Um, it is just the FOMO of, yeah, the fear of missing out that you're not going to win the million dollars. If you if you have enough money in your bankroll and you really, really hate the fact that if you win a $1,000 to first single entry that would have won the million maker, you will not be able to live it down. One, just don't check, right? Just don't check, first of all. Um, and two, then just throw extra money in there, but just understand that that's what you're doing. You're probably just creating uh, pretty much, think about it like this. If you if you own a huge cruise ship and you're playing the million maker every single day, and you're honestly, I don't even care if you're playing 150 lineups. I still think it's not that great unless you're like the tippy top of the tippy top of pros and those that money that $1,500 a week or $3,000 a week if it's a $20 buy-in literally means nothing to you, right? You're, you're generating millions of dollars a year, maybe tens of millions of dollars a year. And that means nothing to you. And it's just fun. And it's hobby at that point, then sure. But if you're actually having a bankroll that it's hitting, like every time you enter the million maker, more than 1% of your bankroll. So you don't have a hundred thousand dollar bankroll for DFS or, or more than that. I just don't see the point of maxing out the million maker, uh, even if you have 150 lineups and you think you're a pro. I think it's a terrible contest. Obviously, it's way, way too top heavy. Like you could finish second place in the million maker and still go broke playing the million maker after, I don't know, a year or two, right? If that's the only contest that you continue to play. Um, so yeah, it's not great. So early interest wise, so let me just pull up my projections. Uh, so as always, if you're watching the replay or live, the projections are on Patreon. They're all done for today. I haven't uploaded them to Patreon yet because Patreon was going on uh, scheduled routine maintenance for 15 minutes this morning. So I don't know what the fuck they're doing, but um, haven't updated them yet. I have right now a bunch of guys. So players that I actually projected for at least literally, let's say 10 fantasy points or more today. So 10 fantasy points or more projections are 
I have 46 players projected for 10 or more fantasy points. And in a player pool, as of right now, I have 33 players in a player pool on a three-game slate that I have interest in. I assume I'll make that number bigger, maybe like to 36, because there's a couple of guys who currently aren't in that player pool because they're not projecting out great. But obviously, if they get more minutes, they start to become more appealing. Like a Norman Powell, like a Serge Ibaka, those types of plays, maybe a Paul Millsap. So I'll probably get to like 37, 38 players that I'll have interest in today. Um, so I list on the screen right here, like 12 of these players. Uh, Luca is a very strong play. He's my highest projected play. There's no Porzingis. As long as Luca starts, I haven't projected for by far the most points today. I assume that Luca will be my highest own player. Um, I haven't projected for over 11 more points than anybody else. So it's a three game slate. You need pure points upside. He's not even priced that expensive. 11,200 seems expensive, but it's it's not relative to what he's about to do today with no Porzingis. Average over 1.75 or right around 1.75 fantasy points per minute on the season. I like that a lot. Um, and then this is just factored by price, not like actually how much I like them, although I like Luca a lot. Pascal Siakam's not going to grade out as well for you today. Uh, I think his minutes go up. I think he starts to play 38 routinely now. The series should be a little bit closer than blowing out and, and really just sweeping a Nets team that was depleted in this bubble of just any players even coming to the bubble uh, and, and some games not even playing some of their starters. So yeah, I think Pascal Siakam price point hasn't changed in a while. He's had huge like first quarters and first halves. I mean like 25 point first quarters and then has done nothing after that for fantasy purposes. He's going to have a lot more success against Boston down low. I think so, whoever the centers are on the court, whether it's Marcus All and probably more so Serge Ibaka against this Boston team. But I think Pascal Siakam is somebody that hopefully, I'm hoping, goes a little bit lower on today because if you look at where he's priced, Paul George is priced right next to him. I think Paul George is a fine player, as you can see, he's on the sheet. I think that point per dollar value-wise, Rudy Gobert will grade out as a better play. But if I'm talking about overall ceiling and GBP, that might not actually be captured because in ownership because of how he's recently playing, I think that's Pascal Siakam. He hasn't really gotten his full run because of some of the blowouts against the Nets. Uh, and when he does, he's looking at a 38 or, or 38 to 40 minute sample. He's been the guy who's only playing like 34, 35 minutes in these games. I like Pascal Siakam a good amount today as a GPP play. If you're playing cash, I would probably pivot somewhere else because he's not going to grade out as the best point per dollar play. If I rank this right now by my overall value rankings, uh, Pascal Siakam, I mean, he's still a fine play. Like he's my 16th overall play today on a three-game slate. Uh, but I think that means that he'll go a little bit lower owned than GPPs because all the Boston guys are a little bit cheaper and they'll probably grade out point per dollar wise uh, similar or better. We already talked about Paul George. And then if you're trying to pay up for Pascal Siakam and play Luka, it starts to really limit what you can do after that. You probably can't play Paul George. You definitely can't play, in my opinion, Kawhi Leonard at that point and so on and so forth, unless some things start to get really wonky in Dallas and just all the value in the world opens up. So if you're just joining in on the live stream, I'm going to answer every single person's questions. Don't worry about it. I'm just getting through the normal video as usual. Uh, we've been live right now for 14 minutes. So I'll probably go for a couple more minutes here. Rudy Gobert is probably my favorite player in Utah uh, from an overall upside standpoint. He's just he's just cheap, $7,800. He's going to play his 35, 36 minutes, whatever it might be today. Uh, I think you get good value there from that standpoint. The problem is he's center only, and there's a lot of decent looking centers on this slate today. I mean, if you're looking for value at the center position, Maxi Kleber and Daniel Tice are going to offer you some pretty nice value. Either of the Toronto centers will look like decent value. I think both of them are finally in play. I think that, yeah, Marcus all looked terrible the last time out, so I really don't want to go back to him, but I think both of these guys are in play. I prefer Gasol. It's $3,900 to Ibaka right now, but I think Ibaka has the higher ceiling to him. Uh, but yeah, there's just a lot of nice centers. If you want to go all the way up to $9,500, probably plays around 40 minutes. Nikola Jokic today, that's a nice center option. So when you start to try and get to Rudy Gobert, I think it makes him lower owned, which makes him more appealing to me. Um, but I also do prefer the value centers in guys like Maxi Kleber today with no Porzingis uh, and in guys probably like Daniel Tice, honestly, today. I do think Ennis Cantor, similar to against Embiid, how he just had to play more minutes and kept getting like 15 to 16 minutes a game against the Sixers. I think that's similar now today against this team in 
Now, it's not going to be a space in, in Toronto. Like, Marcus Gasol will hang out by the three-point line a lot and just set lazy screens and roll to the basket and do nothing with them. Serge Ibaka will hang out and shoot threes and shoot them very well. Joel Embiid can do that, but he was, in his series, they were trying to go very old school against the Celtics and obviously didn't work. They lost 4-0, only like one really close game, maybe two down the stretch. And he was just trying to play like hardball basketball, very physical basketball. So it's it's a totally different scene now where you're probably going to have to have these types of guys just guard in, in different ways. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's going to be different. I think it's going to be more appealing now to try and go after like a Daniel Tice because he can also play in the same way and not get played off the court. So, and, and, and Daniel, and I think that Ennis Cantor gets played off the court a little bit more, but if they do want to bang and bruise down low, he'll be fine. Um, but yeah, so it's tough with the centers. I think that Marcus Smart is a fine value. So I'm going down now to like the 5K range. Marcus Smart, Michael Porter Jr., Maxi Kleber. We talked about it last time. Look, Michael Porter Jr.'s defense has been terrible. They've been ISOing him. He only played 23 minutes two games ago. They end up losing. They end up coming back and winning the last game, and he plays 30 plus, something in my eye, 32 to 33 minutes. They need his offense. They have no offense right now. Even if Gary Harris comes back today, that's a fine somewhat. I mean, it's a below average offensive player, really bad for fantasy, but very good defender. So it helps you there. But they need the offense of how much Utah is scoring. Both these teams are leading the bubble right now in transition scoring in the series. So you need offense to compete with that. And they gave him 10 more minutes and he obviously played well and he's still 5,500. So he's going to look like a value. Maxi Kleber is going to have to play 35 plus minutes and look like a value. Uh, so I think there's a lot of value on this slate that you can start to pair up a couple of studs. Like you can go stars and scrubs and feel good about it. Because look, there's not a lot of 3K options. Marcus is in the in the 3K range, like we said. But look at these 4K options. Trey Burke is probably going to play 32 plus minutes. He's been shooting the lights out of the gym. So even if you don't expect that to happen, he's still going to look decent. I have Trey Burke right now grading out as like a top top two play in the day. I have him for 27 fantasy points at $4,800. I have Jeremy Grant at the exact same price point. Right now, he's grading out for very similar fantasy points. I actually have Jeremy Grant as my number one play in the day. I have him for 40 minutes today. He was going to play 40 minutes two games ago, got in foul trouble. He played 40 plus minutes in the last game. So there's a lot of value. OG and Anobi, 35 plus minutes, which he's probably going to play. And then you could take your, your chances on Zubak and Montrose Harrell. Harrell obviously won. He went off the last game, right? He was the value that went off. He got a lot more extended run. Since Harrell, since that team was blowing them out, they gave Harrell just more run in the fourth quarter. They said, play the entire fourth quarter, trying to get into shape, trying to just get some things going. That's pretty much what happened. And he did. He was playing against scrubs at that point. He was picking up easy rebounds. He got his double-double. So like when you look at Harrell's stat line from the last game, don't look at it and go, oh damn, Montrose Harrell is back. He's going to start and play 26 minutes. No, like I gave Harrell today, I think 20 minutes still. He only played very well because he was playing against scrubs in the fourth quarter and they were just trying to extend his run because if you're not familiar, he had to go home for a personal reason, put on a lot of weight, got really out of shape and he has been absolutely dog shit when he's out there against Luka Dantich. Well, Luka Dantich gets pulled because it's a blowout and he just goes up against all the backups. And he obviously plays well. So I still prefer Zubak right now at $4,600. As long as he's continuing to start, I gave him more minutes. I gave him 22 minutes to Harold's 20. And then Daniel Tice at $4,300. So these are a couple of the guys that I think are interesting. Um, I don't. I, I think there's sketchy value in Harold. I think it's sketchy, somewhat sketchy value in Michael Porter Jr. Because if things are going ape shit and he gets ISO'd again, they're going to have to pull him. There's just a, there's a common ground where I don't feel trusting his 33 minutes he got last game, but the 23 he got two minutes ago is way too low. So I think you can give Michael Porter Jr. and pretty confidently like 26 to 28 minutes but then after that who knows just because of how bad the defense is right now and how bad he looks on defense but these are, see, these are some of the guys that i like right now there is value it depends on what happens with pat bev if pat bev is ruled in and he looks like he's a full go there's obviously value in pat bev at that point he's going to be mainly a defensive player but he's only 3500 so he's going to pop off as one of the better values if crazy things start to happen in dallas i mean seth curry is a borderline value right now for me similar things can be said for lou williams 
some other names that I didn't mention yet. Uh, but if crazy things start to happen in Dallas, that's where you get Seth Curry looking uh, even better. That's when you get JJ Barea entering the picture if a couple of guys get ruled out. So just keep an eye on it. I'm not expecting that to happen, but that is that. And also these early interests were brought to you by and sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight. If you're drafting today for your, your draft or sometime in the next week, which I'm going to be drafting next Tuesday. So like think like the eighth or something for fantasy purposes, using the promo code SALNFL, you get the Supreme Draft Guide, all that stuff. It's pretty much a draft guide that I put together. Uh, I had a friend help me with the site part of it, the logistics of building a website. But other than that, all the work that I put in is all mine. Rankings, top 150s updated throughout the day, every single day for like the past week, I've been updating those rankings. So it is going to be top notch. This is pretty much it. So a little plug. Here you go. Supreme Draft Guide, about it, yada, yada, yada. You get player profiles, you get the rankings, key stats, databases, the draft guide, all the types of stuff, right? 150 player profiles, rookies, all that. You want to check it out. Promo code Sal NFL. Monkey Knife Fed will give you a free $5 bet. Some guy got into my DMs and said he used that. He got $30 in and he now has $330. He took the over in like all the games from, um, the Lakers last night on Nurchitz, AD, and LeBron, and they obviously all went off. Uh, so good for him. Congrats. Uh, if you want to get in there, you'll get that and the Supreme Draft Guide. I see a bunch of people are in here. I see some people are asking questions. All right, let's see. I'm going to answer the questions now. So if you're watching on the replay, this is going to be the Q&A-based part. I'm going to answer a bunch of people's questions. I see there's like 70-something people in here at 7.30 in the morning. So shout out to all you getting up early on a Sunday. I figured not a lot of people will get up early on the Sunday. West Coast people, it's like you're probably going to bed right now. Uh, I assume you're not late night partying at the clubs. Sadly, I try to look up places outside of the country that are corona good right now, or at least all good, and uh, they got the clubs open. Because I'm trying to I'm trying to go clubbing. Uh, Drake's about to drop an album, and I can't go to the club right now and dance to that. You kidding me? I get why. Uh, but I want to go to a place where I can. All right, everybody, I'm going to answer some of these questions now. All right, all right, all right, all right. What do we got? Let me ask you all this. Do you guys try to play as much forward and guards in one center? Because I find playing this way helps a lot because centers hardly have the ball in their hands. Um, I actually prefer getting more centers in my lineup. It depends on the slate, right? It depends on where the value is. Guards and centers are, I, I have a, in the description, it should still be there on this description, a uh, 10 tips for NBA DFS. I made it like two years ago, but it's still going to be highly relevant, if not 100% relevant. Um, the highest scores in fantasy on average over 48 minutes over an entire NBA game are centers. That's just how it is. And power forwards and then point guards, right? That's just how it is. They have the most usage. They have the easiest. And for centers, they just have the easiest way to score points. You're getting two foot rebounds over guys who are half the size of you as guards. You're getting two foot shot attempts, which are the highest percentage of shots. You're getting block opportunities, which are two points. And blocks are easier to come by, in my opinion, for centers than steals are for like shooting guards and that type of stuff, right? So I try and get as many power forward options that are centers. Now, this could be in the, today's NBA, it's a little bit skewed because you can get a center that's really never playing center, right? Like Brooke Lopez, he's going to be mainly a scorer for you. You're getting three pointers. He's, he's labeled as a center, but you're not relying on the rebounds in the blocks, although he's a very good blocks player. You're not relying on his down low play as a traditional center like you are from a guy like Jonas Valanciunas, Rudy Gobert, uh, Joel Embiid to an extent, right? These guys who pop off for huge performances, Carl Anthony Towns. So centers will score you a lot of points, but they're normally priced for it. But those centers are normally like if it's a center value compared to a shooting guard value, like if you're looking at Danny Green's value compared to Maxi Kleber, it's never going to be close. It's just never going to be close. The consistency that a center can provide for you is because it's pretty consistent that there's going to be rebounding opportunities and they're going to get a certain amount of those. And some days they'll do more, but some days on average, like they're going to get a certain amount of block opportunities, easy two foot shots, putbacks, right? Offensive rebounds. Um, whereas Danny Green, it's all comes down to how many open looks does he get and how many does he hit? That's very shaky. So, all right, we got questions coming in. Is Tatum a must play today? I don't think so. I gave Tatum 39 minutes and like, I just think Tatum's appropriately priced. Um, you can argue that he's a little bit underpriced, but I don't, he's not even my favorite Celtic. But in, if you're talking GPPs, he's going to look good. But $9,200, like 
you get the other Celtics for $2,000 less. And I know how well Tatum has been playing. But especially if Kemba's minutes limit is going to be up off now, like Tatum for $2,000 more than every other Celtic and mainly Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker I'm talking about here. It seems like a too wide of a gap in my opinion. Like right now I'm going to prefer Kemba Walker. I'm going to prefer Jalen Brown to Tatum. This is not looking at any ownership by the way too. All right, let's see what we got here. Love the questions. Keep them coming. Feels like Luca is in line for a 60 plus, especially if the other guys come out making threes so they can't just local on him. Yeah, I mean, Luca's hard to ignore. No Porzingis. He's going to average 1.7 plus fantasy points per minute. It's just a matter of if he's in because he's questionable. I like Tice today too. He's a power forward eligible now too. Yeah, yeah. Tice being power forward eligible helps. Um, he, it does help. I'm having a hard time picking a center. Pay down with Zubak, Gasol, Tice. Yeah, their center is all over the place today. You can go all the way up to Jokic, which is, in my opinion, a fine play, but I prefer Luka. I prefer guys like Pascal Siakam for a little bit cheaper, who I think have higher GPP upside relative to what their likely ownership is. I hope Siakam's not owned today because if he's owned, it doesn't look as good of a play, obviously. Um, but I do think that he's a strong GPP play just for, I assume, average ownership. Like I assume the ownership will come in average on him, but we have to wait and see what that actually looks like. Jeremy Grant, couple threes, five to six boards. Yeah, I mean, that's just Jeremy Grant's role. Play some defense, maybe pick up a couple blocks, steals, um, pick up your five or six five or six assists or your, uh, three or four assists, five or six boards, and, and try and hope that he gets to like 15 to 20 real life points. Um, you don't even need that many, just like 10 to 12. Yeah, Jeremy Grant, it's the minutes, right? He's not a great fantasy point per minute producer around a 0.8 guy. It, it's above average, um, but it's the minutes for Jeremy Grant. And that series for Jeremy Grant, like this series he's in right now, is not even good for his skill set, but it's the fact that he's going to play 40 minutes, right? He's going to play 40 minutes for a team that is in desperation mode. It's win or go home again for them. Thanks, Sally. Wake up to wait for your videos. You're the man. Appreciate it, Joe. Yeah, yeah. I, I just didn't want to, the, the one o'clock start for the NBA I just didn't want to record everything. So the live stream is the easiest way to get about it. It's also way more interactive, which I like. And we've only been going for 25 minutes and I can answer everybody's questions easily. Alrighty, looking at the questions still. Hard to see Murray matching the same numbers the last two games, but maybe a pivot. So Jamal Murray right now, what is he, $8,600 now? He grades out as my, yeah, like point per dollar is not going to look good. And I assume the ownership drops there. But he's going to continue to play 40 plus minutes and be like the 1.25 fantasy point per minute producer Yasmin because he's been so damn ball dominant. So I was all over Murray the last time at lower ownership. If Jamal Murray is way too low owned again, he's the pivot off of, I would say like probably continuing to be a chalky Paul George, but I'm currently going to be trying to get to Pascal Siakam, who I think is really low owned. I think Jamal Murray will have like average ownership today. Um, I don't know how many people are going to continue to buy what he did, especially since it's been like five days since he did it. People are going to probably forget how hot he's been. We live in a popcorn era. But uh, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm probably not going to be as high on Jamal Murray today. If I'm going for like a low ownership pivot, it's Siakam in the 8K range, hoping that he's low owned. I don't, I don't know what the ownership is going to be right now. Don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button, please, says Mike. Mike, I appreciate you, dog. Uh, Mike, I think I'm going to go to uh, Bench Warmer Bagels today. My buddy, my roommate from college, one of my roommates, he moved down here like a month ago with his girlfriend. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go there. I haven't been there like a month shit's so good there's like another one like big mike's or something not big ads i've been there but there's like a mike's bagel shop or dom's dom's bagel shop i've never been there but that looks good too i was on murray the last two games i'm jumping off today yeah i think i'm gonna jump off today too um the price point's gone up right that, that's a big like last game he was what eight thousand dollars flat he 
you can you can get you 40 points and you feel good. Now he's kind of get, get he needs to get you 50 plus for you to feel comfortable. He can do that. He can do that in three quarters. That's what he's been doing. Um, but I think I'm gonna jump off as well. There's no reason to think Murray doesn't continue to do what he's doing, like be as ball dominant, play 40 to 42 plus minutes. So it does scare me a little bit, but it, price gets prohibiting at some points. Like right, Donovan Mitchell was going off, and then they priced him at 97, 9600 dollars, and it's just like, okay, I'll go elsewhere. In GPP, would you go Walker or Murray? Um, I'd go Kemba Walker. Punt play of the day, Murray or Fred Van Vliet? I'd go Fred Van Vliet. What do you think of Royce O'Neal today? Yeah, I think there's a lot of better value options. Royce O'Neal right now for me grades out. I gave him 35 minutes too. He grades out as my 27th overall play. I'll tell you the guys in his price range that I like more. Um, I like Seth Curry more. I like Marcus Gasol more, obviously a different position. I like Harrell more, different position, Zubak more. OG and Anobi I would much rather have than Royce O'Neal. Have them playing similar minutes, but I have OG and Anobi as like a 0.75 fantasy point per minute producer, around 0.7 uh, for today. Whereas I have Royce O'Neal at like a 0.65. Um, Maxi Kleber, and then without doubt, Trey Burke and Jeremy Grant way more. Daniel Tice. So like Royce O'Neal, he's, he's almost a zero like when this team is healthy and it's not fully healthy with Boyan not out there, but the second Mike Conley came back, it really hit Royce O'Neal's overall upside. Like his usage, his shot attempts, they're going to just go way, way down. So his point per minute production, way, way down. Like that 40 point game that he had, that's without Mike Conley. That's where like he is actually a focal point of the, not offense, right? Jordan Clarkson was when he's on the court. It's always Donovan Mitchell, um, Joe Ingles to an extent, but like Royce O'Neal with similar production levels to like Joe Ingles. Um, how Joe Ingles is now. Now Joe Ingles takes back his normal role. Mike Conley out there and Royce O'Neal takes back the guy who just literally just plays really good defense. <laughs> your your Tory Craig role, which is not a good one. Still watching. Like button. Subscribe. I'm going to throw the Patreon link in. I saw somebody today signing up for the annual membership. Um, appreciate that. I don't know if Patreon is still up. They're all good. They're all good. They're all up and back. I'll put this into the chat. Somebody signed up for the, pay, the annual membership, which you get two free months of Patreon plus the draft guide. Bang, there you go for that. And then I'll give you the link to the draft guide if anybody is drafting in the next couple of days for fantasy football. Bang, I'll give you that. Um, like like you said, Sal, Siakam comes out so strong last couple of games, first half, and then takes the foot off the gas. Does seem like the better pivot, though. I like you said low ownership. Yeah, so I don't know exactly what the ownership is yet. Like, it's it's really early for a lot of sites that I use and leverage ownership on. On where I am right now, I haven't picking up, like, average ownership on my own beta shit. But um, beta shit. I'm an alpha. But the beta testing of ownership that I've been doing for, like, the last month and a half. Um, Yeah, Siakam, he's been coming out playing great. Second half just gets away from him. The last series just... It was a fantastic matchup against Brooklyn in terms of like down low play. Uh, it just didn't seem like any of those guys really gave a shit um, from Toronto. But he also was, he was the guy coming out. Like if you look at Popcorn Machine, Siakam's the guy coming out in the fourth quarter with like four or five minutes left where the other guys are playing, right? So instead of getting 34, 35 minutes and putting up 40 fantasy points, 38 fantasy points, 35 fantasy points, what happens now when he gets 38 to 40 and he starts putting up 45 fantasy points at a price point of $8,100 and middle to low ownership is what I'm expecting. Hey, Sal, in a nutshell, how do you handle your exposure? Um, that's a loaded question, I guess. Like if I'm playing 150s, how do I handle my exposure? I don't put caps on. I never put caps on. I don't say, do not give me more than 50% Luca. Do not give me more than 25% Paul George or lower than 10%. No, I don't. That's, that's pointless at that point. What's the point of even having the tool? Um, my exposure is very heavily swayed by three things. Projection, my projections, ownership, so overall ownership of the lineup, and then which is subjective to that day, in my opinion, 
total ownership because if a guy is going to come in at 80% owned on a two-game slate compared to a 12-game slate and the highest owned guy is like 20% owned, obviously it's subjective to that slate, your total ownership in your lineup, you're going to have more total ownership if you want to play the 80% owned. Like if it's today, Luca 55% owned, obviously my lineup is going to be way higher owned if I actually want to play more than that per lineup average. And then the third one is rules right? I don't want to have a lineup that has Montrezl Harrell and Zubak today. No. So play at most one of them. Doesn't mean you have to play one at most one of them. So that's how I handle exposure. And then I go from there. I put those three things in and then I'll crunch out 300 lineups and I'll handpick each one. I don't play 150 lineups every day. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a, 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 somebody who wants to do that. Honestly. Um, I like it. I enjoy doing it, but I, if I don't have the time that day, I don't play 150 lineups. It's as simple as that. Um, I'll play three max and single entry, like almost every single day, uh, cash lineups. I haven't played cash like this year at all. I played like, like one tournament. I played it for golf. A couple times I'll play it for NBA just here and there. Uh, but I, I don't really like the cash games anymore. Trey Burke is unplayable now. Um, I don't know why Trey Burke is unplayable. Tatum will have a good game one against the Raptors. Is there a reason why Trey Burke is unplayable? I, I don't see the reason. <clears throat> I think Trey Burke looks like one of the better value options, assuming he starts again. If it's Seth Curry that draws the nod, then it just becomes Seth Curry. I mean, Trey Burke played in their last blowout. It, it didn't even matter. He still played 30 minutes, 29 and a half minutes. That's the game blowing out, right? Um, shoots six of 11 from the field, two of three from three-point range, a seal, two assists, rebound, all that type of stuff. So even in the worst possible situation for Trey Burke in the last game, game blows out. They pull all the starters except Trey Burke. He's the only starter to play in the fourth quarter. He plays four and a half minutes, still plays 29 and a half minutes. Um, $4,800 price tag. Ends up scoring 15 actual points in that game. Gets you to like, what did it end up being at the end of it? Like 20 something fantasy points. Worst possible case scenario, he's like hitting value right around value. Thoughts on Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, Clarkson's going to continue to be a good GPP option. Just the way that Denver right now off screens, so like Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell to an extent, but really like three-point shooters like Clarkson, um, the way that they're getting open off screens and the refs are kind of letting them set really physical screens in this series, it's leading to a lot more open looks and just shot attempts for Jordan Clarkson and guys like Mike Conley. Last game, I think Mike Conley had like three threes in like the first half. That's that's happening because of the way they're setting screens. So I think Clarkson continues to be a very strong GBP play. Price point's coming up though. Like $5,300 now, you're starting to compete with like Michael Porter Jr., Maxi Kleber, Marcus Smart's price points. And Clarkson's gonna play around like 25 minutes on average, whereas Marcus Smart might play 38 minutes today. So that's where I much prefer guys like Marcus Smart, but I also assume the ownership's there. Um, so yeah, you're obviously going for the hot night of Clarkson having his six threes. You don't even need six, like four threes, right? Five threes. But... I think he's a fine GBP play. He's definitely not out of play for me. Van Vliet is going to cook game one. Yeah, Van Vliet's been so good. So, so good this season in general. So good for him the last two seasons. Jalen Brown is the Boston play. Yeah, Jalen Brown right now. I mean, outside of Marcus Smart is my favorite play in Boston. Um, just huge minutes for a cheap price point. Um, but yeah, Jalen Brown out of like all those, the three top dogs, Jalen Brown, Kemba, and... Uh, Tatum, I think Jalen Brown's the guy that I like the most right now as well. Best tournament play for a value center today. It'll probably be Zubak for me. It's $4,600. Maybe you go back to Gasol. Like when series start is the, series, is the time to take a risk on them, right? So if Marc Gasol is starting today, now that it's the second round, maybe they ramp him up a little bit. Maybe he tries a little bit harder because he looked like dog shit in that first series. 
against the Nets. Maybe they end, and it was a bad it was a bad matchup for Marcus in that series. I'm not really sure this one's much better, but let's just say 24 minutes for Gasol you can lock in instead of like hoping that he gets to 22 or 20. Then yeah, 20 $3900 Marcus Gasol starts to look really good. So, for GPPs today, not picking up any ownership, I'd probably go Marcus Gasol if you're just looking for a GBP flyer over guys like Zubak because it saves you that $700. And I think like Zubak plays 22 to 24 minutes. And I think you probably get that out of Gasol. Zubox is a much better fantasy point per minute producer. Um, but I think there's a higher upside to the minutes of a guy like Marcus Gasol. We've been live for 35 minutes. I'm about to bounce. I'm going to answer the rest of these questions though. Could Boban get any significant run? I have Boban in a player pool. I have Boban for 20 fantasy points today, 16 minutes. He's like a 1.3 fantasy point per minute producer. Um, he's $4,000. He grades out as my 24th overall play in the day. So yeah, I don't think he's going to get any more significant run than that. Like the last game blew out and they didn't even play Boban. That's when you get the significant run out of him. They can't play Boban for 24 minutes in a playoff game if they want to stay competitive. Now, if everybody gets ruled out right now, right? All these guys that are questionable get ruled out. Yeah, you're going to probably see some 24 plus minutes of Boban in a game that's like a 50 point blowout. Is Michael Porter Jr. a nice play? Yeah, so you got 30, you got 23 minutes two games ago. You got 33 minutes the last game. I think there's a balance in there where they have to play him that his awful defense is made up for by his fine offense. Like last game, he was playing very well on offense. He was actually nailing his shots early on. So, and honestly, he didn't play horrendous on defense like he did in the past couple of games, but they still targeted him and got what they wanted against him. It's going to all come down to how he plays early on. If his shot is falling in the first quarter when he checks in or if he starts, uh, I don't think he'll start, but if he checks in, then he's probably going to stay out there for 28 to 32 minutes, right? If he has a bad first quarter, and he's a liability because of his defensive performance, and he's not giving them anything on the offensive side, Torrey Craig's coming in. Torrey Craig's coming in, or Jeremy Grant's checking back in, and they're taking Michael Porter Jr. out. So he's a GPP only play, but he's a good risk if he's at medium to low ownership. If Michael Porter Jr. now is like one of the highest owned guys today, and he has a good price point, he grades out as a good value for me. So I wouldn't be shocked if he picks up a ton of ownership. He grades out right now for me as my 11th overall play in the day. But if that's going to be the case, if he starts to be like one of the most popular plays in the day, it's an easy pivot because all I have to say is he misses, he goes 0 for 2 in the first quarter and his plus minus and he just gives up they iso him donovan mitchell goes up against him gets whatever he wants in the first quarter they're down by 11 well you're done seeing michael porter jr for 30 plus minutes in that game he's gonna now have to try and push for like 22 to 24 minutes so definitely a good gpp play if the ownership is medium to low if it's high there's just too many negatives to want to chase a high ownership uh, michael porter jr especially when guys like marcus morris maxi kleber who i expect kleber to be higher owned but these types of guys are in the similar price range that have similar upside in, in my opinion uh, Marcus Morris is there too. Similar price range. Thanks, Al. No problem. Do you think Luca will win championships in Dallas? Yes, I do. Yep. I mean, if he stays in Dallas, if he's going to be there for the next like fucking fit, I mean, not 15 years, players don't do that. Although it seems like Giannis wants to. If you told me Luca is in Dallas for the next six years, I would say they win a championship. I mean, LeBron and the Lakers are going to be out of the league by then, right? In the Western Conference wise, it'll be like peak or on the downtime side of his career, Kawhi and those guys. Um, and then like if if Mark Cuban, who I believe is a good GM and a smart man, can put something around Luka Doncic. And, and, and also if Luka can improve, there's a lot of improvement that Luka can still do. He's not a good shooter. He's not a good three-point shooter. I mean, the game that he ends up winning the game, he had three air balls in that game. He's not a good three-point shooter. Um, he is fine when it comes to driving, uh, but driving against anybody with any sort of size, he is not. Like he has to obviously put on some muscle as well. Second year in the league though, he's fucking fantastic. But there's improvements that can happen to Luca's game, which is entirely scary. There was a ton of improvements that happened to Luca's game this year. Obviously the defensive end of the ball is where Luca can get a huge improvement as well. I don't trust Porzingis' health long-term. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't really shown much that should 
uh, tell you that, right? I mean, he, he has he has the mold that is just scary, lengthy, big, plays physical. Um, those types of guys usually get hurt. He's the unicorn. All right, gang, I think I'm going to bounce. Uh, we've been live for 40 minutes. Be sure to like and subscribe before you go. It really does go a long way. I appreciate all of you, especially yeah, you early risers. I see some people definitely getting up now because we're at the 120 mark for viewership. So thank you. I cannot wait for the NFL. 10 days away, the DFS content is going to start releasing a week from now for the NFL. So be sure to subscribe, notification bell turned on, all that stuff. Get into the, the free Discord as well. Uh, it's just for NFL stuff, but uh, we're going off in that Discord. See some people are joining. I'll put the link to the free Discord in the description right now real quick if anybody's interested. This one, we only talk NFL in this one. So if you want to talk NBA, that's the Patreon Discord. Um, but this is just NFL fantasy season long DFS general chat. Leonard or Tatum? I would probably go Leonard there, but I'm not going to be high on either, it seems, early on. SGA got exposed yesterday. Stay away, somebody says. Um, yeah, I woke up this morning. I didn't watch a single game yesterday. I was doing fun stuff on the weekend, as most people should. Relaxing. I played this late. I didn't watch a single game. It was beautiful. But yeah, I saw that the entire OKC team outside of like Steven Adams was god-awful. I saw like Gallo didn't have a point, or maybe he had like one point. I mean, I don't know what the hell happened. Obviously, the Lakers went off. CJ McCollum goes off. Nurch, like a lot of guys that you expected to play very well, played well, right? Harden kind of sucked. The Lakers guys go off. Harden sucks because of, I believe, the blowout, right? He, he didn't even play 30 minutes. Um, and then, like, Carmelo plays well. I think I think Steven Adams was, like, the only guy on OKC to play half decent. Darius Baisley got, like, extended runs. So, I mean, you're not going to expect him to play well. But, like, let's look at this team. Like, Dennis Shooter scores 19 points, and he only plays 21 minutes because of the blowout. So, it's really tough to judge the entire Thunder team. I, whew, SGA, 11.75 fantasy points. Like, I mean, he played six minutes less than he should have, but he definitely should score more than 11.75 in 34 minutes. Holy shit. Gallo scores one real-life point in 22 minutes of play. Brutal. Brutal. What did SGA shoot? Oh, four. 4. He only took oh, that's three pointers, two of eight from the field. Yeah, I mean, SGA took, I would say, 12 shots, 12 to uh, 14 shots less than I expected him to. Obviously, lost six minutes, but this whole team, wow. Wowza. No bueno. All right, gang. SGA, somebody says, cost me. Yeah, I. I don't know what it was. I mean, obviously, it was the weekend. I was having fun. I was hanging out with a buddy playing some basketball. I just did not give a shit about the basketball games on yesterday. I had contests in and I didn't even check them until this morning. <laughs> I that's I think that's the first time I ever did that. Set lines in the morning. I checked like injury news. Like I saw Wendell Gabriel went out before I was going to bed. And then I just um I just didn't even check any DFS contests until this morning. I just like honestly didn't even care yesterday. Which is good. You should not if you play DFS every single day and it's controlling your life and it's the only thing you're doing, you are not actually living a life. <laughs> uh watching sports is fun, but going out and uh doing some other stuff is too. Shooter got ejected. Yeah, see, I didn't even know that. Shooter got ejected. That's no good because he was going off 21 minutes of play. I don't think SGA scored in the first half. DFS or Hardaway? Um, that's a good question. So DFS or Tim Hardaway Jr.? For me right now, it's going to be, I believe, DFS. All right, gang. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out. See y'all later. Thank you for tuning in. I'm gonna put this end screen on. Be sure to support the channel via Patreon or one of the subscribers or one of the subscribers. Subscribing helps too. That's free. Uh, or one of the sponsors of the show, Superdraft and Monkey Knife Fight. Thank you so much, everybody. 
I will see you in the next one. Best of luck today. Best of luck, best of luck, best of luck. I believe maybe a three-game slate tomorrow, maybe only a showdown. I don't really know when they're starting the second series, but I'll see you in the next one.